You are listening to Joe Fape. Today's episode is recorded in glorious Skype vision. Um, me and Jay decided it would be a good idea to have a phone call conversation in order to try and sort this out. Um, it worked with marginal results. Um, there were some latency issues. Um, I have now solved those um, moving on from episode 6. You're currently on episode 5. So I want to thank you for bearing with us during those technical issues that we do have during this call. Um, however, we do have a fairly enjoyable conversation about the fallout from the Elimination Chamber. Also, we are currently available on Twitter. Well, we are currently available on Anchor. We are currently available on numerous other pro- um, platforms as well now. We've just released on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. Um, we will soon be on Apple Podcasts. So we want to thank you all for listening to us. The sounds that you are listening to um, were created by me about four minutes ago because it was nice and easy. So we will speak to you on the other side. Jay is um, here. We are looking at Elimination Chamber today. Oh, initial thoughts. I mean, we're on um, 20th of the 2nd we're recording this now, which makes it Wednesday, um, February the 20th, 2019. So we've had also a Raw and Smackdown to kind of impact on um, the rest of our week. But starting with the Elimination Chamber, based on our predictions... Um, let's not go with the overall show. Actually, let's go show by let's go uh, match by match. Um, did you That's watch? Good idea. Did you watch the kickoff show first off? Did I watch the kickoff show? I, I watched the match and the kickoff show because rest of it's trash. Let's face it. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. At so, one point, at one point, Mark Henry kind of wandered out from behind the um, behind the curtain to promote his new thing on the network and kind of waved oh, no, 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 and yeah. talked about how happy he was to be there. Um, so you know, just kind of. <laughs> That was very, I'm just happy to be yeah. here. <laughs> so <laughs> that was kind of cool. We like that. Um, always good to see yeah, him. No, I, I meant like, before that was trash. Oh yeah, no, of course. Renee Young kind of slurs into the um, slurs into the camera for a little while um, and like says something Phoenix. about how um, Fastlane and WrestleMania will be absolutely free or something if you subscribe to the network nine ninety nine a month. So that was fun. Right okay. now, right, right now. Yes, right now. <laughs> so, Buddy Murphy um, goes against Akira Tozawa. Um, so, I'm just going to bring up the Wikipedia while you start telling me how. How did you like this match? How? How? What are your feelings about? Um, first off, this position on the card um, of obviously being on the pre-show, but also kind of what you what what's your thoughts on just what we were presented with. Well, clearly the match was 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 really good. Um, I reckon it was in the right place on the card. I feel if it's on the main show, they would have got less time, and they got enough time on the pre-show to tell the story they needed to tell. 
Yeah, and that it was quite a story as well. I was quite um, impressed overall. Like I was saying to you last night when we were kind of we got together and attempted to record this before we had a raft of technical issues. Um, so yeah, I said to you last night it was. I I don't get to see much of Tazawa. I mean, I know that he's on two hundred five live, and I know I have the network, and I uh, but really two hundred five live. Sorry, say again. And now you're getting on board, which is which is great. Yeah, I'm getting on board with both Tazawa and two hundred five live because it's quite clear that um, they are on fire at the moment. They are really doing something quite quite magnificent. At least if that matches anything to go by. Um, I really like the storytelling towards the start of the match. Um, Buddy Murphy wanted to wanted to do a slap. Um, there was a bit of a slap off, very New Japan Pro kind of style um, of of testing that fighting spirit. Yeah, I mean that that strong style seeping into two hundred five and also um, NXT as well. I would say. Yeah. Um, and definitely on the main show was with characters like uh, Finn Balor and even Ricochet are bringing that forward now. Yeah, um, that definitely sounds like the case, and you're seeing a lot more of it within the product. Um, but I, I just really enjoyed yeah. this match. Yeah, um, I'm going to say that um, I, I especially like the way that the story was told um, in regards to that. In that they eventually transitioned into WWE style, but they did it through um, obviously Buddy Murphy catching him. Yeah, he did a suicide dive. He did it head first, but it got caught into a vertical suplex. Yeah, I knew you had no the words. Uh, all I did was stare at the screen and shout, "What a maneuver!" <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that was a really interesting spot. Um, yeah, even going for the strong then, again, like later on, you've got like the center, yeah, I mean, second rope, and then that triple like combo that um, Buddy Murphy did. That was pretty impressive as well. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a remarkable trigger vertical suplex. Yeah, the V trigger looks great when he does it as well. Um, I think it helps when he's doing the V trigger against um, against a smaller opponent anyway, because he's smaller than Kenny Omega, obviously. Um, although not too much smaller um, at this stage. I also like the um, the way that outside of the ring they um, just after that suicide dive, they attempted to go into another little slap off, but outside of the ring. But Buddy Murphy's anger got the better of him. Yeah. Um, very good character work. Frustration at um, Tazawa and his inability to put him down as as quickly as he'd hoped, and he ended up hitting the ring post, and that hand injury came into play throughout the match as a result. Um, I think that's the kind of that's the kind of character-based in-ring storytelling that's a little bit deeper than just he worked on his leg, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no. They're obviously going out there and making a point for 205 as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, all in all, were you to... Well, any other, any other thoughts on um, Tozawa and Buddy Murphy other than the fact that Buddy Murphy beat Tozawa? Um, for a second, I will mention... Well, it was, I almost it was more of a desperate um, uh, Murphy's law, wasn't it, to, to catch the win? Yeah. I think um, the idea that these guys are... There's almost a feeling as Buddy Murphy does face more and more opponents on more and more pre-shows. <laughs> there's, there's almost a feeling, at least of what I've seen, that um, it, he seems to be getting more and more desperate in um, in how he's having to finish these matches, almost as if the entire 205 roster is having to up its game um, and become a little bit more innovative in how they attack this, this what is clearly a, a slightly larger guy. 
Um, and you can see that feel kind of permeate throughout all of his matches at the moment. So do you, would you agree with that? Yep, no spot on, Rich. Um, moving on. <laughs> oh, oh, any thought? Uh, um, rating? Melts rating? Oh, Melts rating, 19 out of 5. 19 out of 5. It could only be. <laughs> could only be 19 out of 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, after that, we had the main show start. I kind of like the... I kind of like the opening opening gambit. It was all quite nicely produced. Um, I like the theme that they had chosen this time. Obviously, um, the the theme seems to be adultery um, because they put Corey Graves on um, the commentary throughout <laughs> throughout the entire piece. Yeah, um, no. Sorry, I. I, I I wanted to segue into that. Um, you can't really mention this pay per view without mentioning the context of it. I think um, you've got you've got obviously um, the issue that's happened over the last well the forty eight hours preceding this in regards to Corey Graves and his wife. Um, there were little digs throughout towards Corey Graves throughout the entire throughout the entire night from um, Renee Young, particularly by the looks of it. Um, but then they've always liked needling each other. What a wanker. <laughs> and I don't mean what a wanker in regards to what he's done. It's not my business. But at the same time, he he did use it to try and get heel heat at times. And I think that's kind of, you know, and WWE as a whole for allowing that to happen. It's just not really my bag. Thoughts? Well, they like real life stories, don't they? So they're going to use it as much as they can. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, there is that crossover into reality. One thing I did want to say about the pre-show, by the way, um, Kevin Owens with his social media pizza thing. Um, did you see that? I did. Yeah. What's your thoughts on this? Like, what I I think that they've contextualised it quite nicely. How when a wrestler kind of enters into an injured state, um, their promos stop being produced in the WWE style and now seem to kind of move into social media posts. Um, and I actually kind of like that transition that they do because it kind of once it's through the frame of a phone in the selfie mode. Um, uh, we saw that also with um, Mustafa Ali as well when he announced it that he was no longer clear to wrestle. He did that again through mobile phone and through social media. And I think that that transition kind of prepares you to start interacting more with that with that wrestler through social media and not maybe expecting as much exposure on television. What What's your thoughts on that as a, as a, as a methodology? Do you think it's kind of them finally starting to understand social media correctly? It's a smart move. I mean, everyone does it, don't they? Um, it's a part of society now, so it's, it's a smart move to start doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think but to touch on Kevin, Owen, they're going for like, Injured family man coming back to fight for his family gimmick when he comes back. Um, that could work quite nicely, um, providing he's still an arsehole. Um, I, I, I rate the guy as a heel. I reckon he's one of the best heels in the business as far as I'm concerned. And I, I say that a lot, but Kevin Owens is... is There's a lot of them. Yeah, there are a lot of great heels at the moment. I mean, we have to remember we're in, we're in what will probably one day be considered the platinum age of, of wrestling. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm um, looking forward to seeing him back. Controlled by heels and tweeners, not really faces. There isn't really a face, really, is there? Like a pure face anymore. Well, yeah, I mean, I wanted to. T- I'm just looking Bailey. I wanted to touch on. <laughs> I wanted to touch on that actually. Um, 
a bit later on um, because I do have some thoughts in regards to this, particularly in regards to um, Ronda Rousey, but also also kind of how fluid the Usos are in how they're portrayed on screen as well. Um, and to a lesser extent, um, somebody like Carmella as well. But um, speaking of Carmella... Um, Corey Gray stuck his dick in her. She's in this match. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, she's she's in this. Match. Talking about. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, we don't. We we can we can we can go off on tangents. It's our show. We'll we'll do whatever we want, mate. We'll do whatever we want. Uh, so, for thir- thirty-three minutes in ring, um, so you've got the Boston Hood connection, Bailey and Sasha Banks, um, Carmella and Naomi, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Nia Jax. Sorry. I'm calling them glow and floss. Oh yes, glow and floss, of course. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, <laughs> um, Nia Jackson, Tamina, the Iconics, which is I Billy Kay and Peyton what? Royce, and of course the Riot Squad, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. So these guys were all in a tag team elimination chamber match for the inaugural WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, 33 minutes was the in-ring time for that. However, it felt um, a little bit longer just because the amount of intros they have to go through. Sorry? Uh, It's the intros and the intros they have to go through. I think it's the fact that there was too many teams in the ring at one time because there's no eliminations until, like, what? There was five teams in the ring. Well, I think think at the same same time, you've got to remember, though, that, you know, you had... um, you had, of course, the you had, of course, like ten people in the ring at once, and that was that was kind of cool. It looked a bit like a car crash. Um, that there was a standing ovation after a series of flurries at one point um, towards the middle. Mm, I didn't really enjoy that. I thought there's too many people in the ring. I thought it was heavily choreographed. I know wrestling's choreographed and, and whatever, but the way it was just portrayed seemed too choreographed to me. Um, um, at times, Bailey and Sasha but, seemed to get tired about halfway through, as did um, as did um, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville at one point with um, a series of sloppy transitional moves in the corners. Um, you may have noticed. Yeah, it's a, a bit sloppy. Yeah, but I mean, things sometimes fall apart down the middle. Um, I really liked the entrances. Didn't quite like um, Kevin Dunn leaving the replay symbol underneath the um, <laughs> underneath the um, glittery kind of outlook. That kind of that kind of uh, you know the the ring, the vignette ring that appears around um, the go- is it iconics or I don't know. They're all so similar. <laughs> um, I'm not too sure, but the entrance that I really liked <laughs> was Naomi's and Carmella's. That was a great entrance. Yeah, let's face it, was, it. It was a good entrance. It was great to see. I mean, Carmella, I think, has proven herself to be a versatile wrestler. Um, well, a versatile front person. Um, I think wrestler's a strong word, but a versatile person who can be slotted into any position on a card and pretty much light the audience up. Um Looks like all that time carrying James Ellsworth has paid off for her um, in that context. Yeah, I know she can do it all really quite. She can be serious, she can be comedy, just throw her around into any position, really. Yeah. And also floss, apparently. Yeah, I know she can floss quite nicely. Um, she like, flosses quite well. Yeah, she really does. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I kind of. 
yeah, I kind of I kind of rated them. Um, it was a shame to see them go out early, but obviously, um, someone had someone had to go out early, and they were just kind of thrown together at the last minute. I don't know. I, I just I just read my notes. It was like too many people in the ring. <laughs> Elimination needed. Everybody's down. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one point where everyone was just down in the ring for no reason. Yeah, I remember that actually. Um, but yeah, all the. <laughs> Nia Jack. Uh, oh, I wanted to say something about the. Um, I wanted to say something about the iconics as well. Um, yeah. They entered. They entered the cell, um, and I. I felt there was a little bit. I can kind of almost see what is seen in them um, in regards to their ability to perform. At least um, there was a point, even though they are shrill, horrible voices. Um, in that they entered and walked towards the the chamber and they had a genuine look of concern and trepidation on their faces um, and they were almost reassuring themselves down the aisle when they stepped inside the cell they turned on the machismo the kayfabe machismo that they have um, and started giving it the attitude to all of the other competitors and for a second there that was again some great character work um, that you don't necessarily expect to see from um characters as often kind of overlooked as billy Kay and peyton royce um the rest because of the, the rest of what they, they do is garbage but yeah they can actually go they prove they can go they just don't <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's probably a fairly accurate accurate way of kind of portraying it um i i didn't i didn't dislike um <laughs> I didn't dislike their presence, but the match didn't necessarily need it. Nia Jax and Tamina. Um, Tamina went for her um, s- splash. Now, I haven't seen many Tamina matches, um, even though there's probably been at least three of them since she first debuted with the company in 2010. Um, <laughs> <laughs> More than three, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, she does seem to usually kind of um, gravitate towards being um, being kind of behind she she's basically china but to everyone wow um you know just a bit of a bodyguard she 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 kind of goes from bodyguard gimmick to bodyguard gimmick um she's for some she's reason that's not a bodyguard anymore she, she's in a tag team she's not protecting nijax well yeah she's not so protecting nijax because nijax doesn't need protection um in fact to some degree as we found out throughout this match nijax is somewhat protecting her Exactly. So it's almost that um, role reversal. Well, yeah, it's that it's that role reversal and that realization that there's some things that she cannot do that um, maybe the person that she's aligned herself with can um, or could have handled a bit better. Um, and it's kind of that realization over her face. I noticed she went for the snooker splash anyway. Um, yeah, but before that, that, when we were talking about the Iconics, oh, yeah. the way they pulled them out and sort of swinging them against the Elimination Chamber was pretty brutal. Yeah, that was that was that a was really a good, good spot. spot. Um, I mean, I'd like to say in regards to um, in regards to Nia Jax and Tamina's style, they have um, Nia Jax especially. Um, she's uh, people always say that she's very green. Um, if you go back and look at some of her more face work, um, you notice that she was actually quite ABC with how she executed her moves. So it's almost like she. At some points, I feel that she's either artificially roughening her her move set to kind of make landings a little bit less precise or something similar. Um, in the skilled hands of an opponent like Bailey or Sasha, that's very visible, um, and it's very good. 
and it looks great. Whereas uh, you can understand why it would be so dangerous um, if somebody were to not quite expect how she modifies those moves slightly to make them look more dangerous. But I think there's a lot of people out there who say she's green, she's dangerous, and I think she is dangerous to some degree because she is very green. But at the same time, she's being asked to wrestle a style, I think, which is a bit more rough, a bit more akin to, say, a Suzuki um, in at least in execution or, or you know it's supposed to have those rough edges um, and that was a great example of that kind of that kind of style um, working to great effect anything to add to that um, you, you completely disagree well, with me don't you not necessarily, um, but um, we'll, just, we'll just move on from that. Well, uh, I'm, start, I'm starting to I'm starting to understand what she's trying to do. I don't think she's always doing it successfully. Um, Tamina did the snooker dive. Does she always do the snooker dive? That's what brought me onto this question. Uh, that is meant to be a finisher. Um, does she always do the snooker? Does she always do the snooker hand signals? Um, from what I remember, yeah. No one else uses it apart from Tamino, let's put it that way. Uh, um, but yeah, I noticed Michael Cole seemed very uncomfortable by that and didn't want to mention him, even though it's clear what she was invoking. Um, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent there. Really like the bump into the um, into the glass. It looked like she, she really she really did go for it. Um, this is Nia Jax again. Um, what do you think about the winners? I think I, think I called it. You did. I was um, going for... I'm not calling the women of Samoa, um, W O S. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what no, you gonna no, do, Russ? Wolves, Wolves. What you gonna do, Wolves? Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. I was surprised to see Fire and Desire at the end there, like. They're still green as anything, aren't they? Really, um, yeah. but they seem to be. They just did that possibly because they were the final four in the first women's elimination chamber. It was those four in the singles women's elimination chamber. So maybe they're just bringing that back around to see if Sasha Banks will turn on Bailey again. Maybe throw that in there a little bit, but obviously they wouldn't do that this time, and they ended up winning. Yeah, um, I thought. I thought all in all, they spot on top of the on top of the chamber where Sasha Banks turned on Bailey, You did the same spot, but obviously this time that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I like that they're invoking it, but there would clearly be absolutely no reason for Sasha Banks to do that. Bailey Bailey has no, yeah. you know, so it seemed very strange that very strange that they almost said, Oh, they she could do this. Why would she do that? There's no reason they're about to win the be the first Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't make any sense. Um whoever thought that was a good idea from a scripting perspective should go fuck themselves. Finley's the producer for the women's division, isn't he? Oh, is he? Think so. Oh. Well that it seems like yeah, you can you can have that moment on top of the cell and kind of and kind of like where if if the character is allowed the TV time and the variance to have that level of depth and it's not like they are given that amount of character character time to kind of develop that level of depth. I mean, I could imagine say a begrudging shame at man kind of considering it with say the Miz, but with those two guys, it's not like they were forced into the situation in order to, um, you know, they they chose to tag together, 
um, and were working incredibly well as a team. Um, and if they didn't want to, they wouldn't have even gone into that match. Is my is my thought. So it just seems like exactly they've done the whole oh you turned on me storyline made up got back together took a while blah 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 tag team tag team champions so that, that's the story they've told to the tag team championships oh okay that's that's fair then um, I don't watch as much of, 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 of much as the TV product so um, I suppose what you get is a mix of is a mix of um, is a mix of that kind of that kind of feeling between the two of them then um but i can't see them going for all of that then for one of them to turn on the other um and i would have been sorely disappointed had that have happened so i'm glad not when it's going to be going to possibly saying it matches with like team bestie lisa and trish and don't care about the bellas but they're probably going to jump in this at some point yeah no that makes that makes perfect sense um should we move on to the usos yeah, no, I mean, who do you think was the best team in this match? Who have you got? Who if you think made the biggest impact? Um, Apart from the winners. I mean, <laughs> unless it is the winners. <laughs> I'm going to go against what everybody in the world would think, and I'm going to actually say I rated Nia Jackson to Mina throughout. I, I was on that one as well to be honest with you I thought they were the really? best team they made the biggest impact within the match it seemed like they're the ones that controlled it as soon as they came out and made that match better yeah I think they were they were the they were the giants they were the X Factor and um, they, their presence was very very sorely missed up until the point they entered the match um, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the Nia Heat um, is kind of smarky people who might necessarily um, be like, oh, she hurt Becky. I don't like that she hurt Becky. Um, yeah, accidents can happen, man, um, especially when you're that fucking big and you're put against so many people who are so fucking small. Um, I don't think that she was intentionally trying to hurt Becky when she hurt Becky. I think she capitalized on They're professionals. They don't do that. You know? That, yeah. So that's my thoughts. What rating do you give it? Well, what's the rating, Rich? Well, what's your rating? Um, definitely, definitely gets a nice solid twenty-six out of five. Well, so that's middle of the pack. The <laughs> Mid- middle of the <laughs> middle of the pack for me. Well, I liked it because well, um, I liked it because it was longer. For the um, fourteen out of five. It wasn't the greatest match that I've ever seen, but you never know. They may have another tag team one down the line, and it may be better than that one. Kind of trash at the start. I certainly would have preferred. Yeah, no, it was. It was kind of slow going, but once it got going, I was very much. I was very much a bit of a mark for this one. Um, I certainly enjoyed it more than I would have enjoyed a conventional women's elimination chamber match. So part of it could be that. (laughs) Was very fast. Just move on. So the Usos, um, Jey Uso and Jimmy Uso um, with The Miz and Shane McMahon as their opponents. Um, tag team match for WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships went 14 I minutes, 10 seconds. Didn't care for this match at all. It was just a standard, box standard tag team match. It was just like blah, blah, blah. blah. I mean, even my legs, I've got not much to say. Pointless. <laughs> tag team sleeper. It's break. <laughs> dodgy FTO. I think I'll um, I, th- 
I think I'll cover some of it then. Um, so I like what the Usos did. Um, I like that they were very aggressively heel in this. Um, they kind of have, again, that tweener status. A lot of people kind of spend a lot of time saying, are they face or are they heel? And that seems to be like the, the constant conversation that's happening. Um, no, and the, the, the face doing heel tactics, that's just what it is. Um, well, in this match, they were clearly heels. I think if you want deeper wrestling characters, I think you've got to be more willing to embrace the tweener status sometimes. I think that also goes for um, not only for the fans, but also for McMahon. They played heel perfectly in that match. They were aware of what kind of audience they were entering, um, and they played it very well. I very much enjoyed the Usos. No, no, no. The Usos obviously took over the match. They controlled that match. There, there was... It just wasn't a good match for me. Yeah, I, just... um, I didn't necessarily enjoy Shane McMahon. I didn't enjoy Shane McMahon or The Miz. I mean, or even the Uzos in this, to be honest with you. I just yeah. didn't enjoy the match. Um, weird finish as well. But... Well, I, I kind of like the finish. I like the f- I, I, I liked watching... Um, I liked watching the whole concept of Shane McMahon being pushed further by the um, by the Miz and then almost seemingly having a heart oh, no, attack. Table spot, obviously normal table spots going to turn into Miz pushing Shane McMahon to jump off things all the time to the point where Shane turns heel and beats crap out of him. Or will that even turn in face? We don't know anymore. We'll, we'll have to find out. Yeah, I don't think anyone really knows what Shane McMahon's supposed to be at this point, not even Shane McMahon. Um I'm kind of with you but kind of not I really love seeing the Usos I didn't think the Usos were going to take it um, especially not so soon after um, The Miz and um, Shane McMahon had so recently won the title I really liked um, again the character work in regards to The Miz um, but not so much Shane McMahon just give it up mate, wind your neck in and that's the wind your necking of the podcast. Yay, Benz. We can't say the week anymore because it's just the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who knows how many of these things we're gonna be we're gonna be throwing out um weekly nowadays. Um <laughs> so do we have a rating for this? Uh yeah, sure. I'll give it a seven out of five. Uh, okay, so it wasn't wasn't match. wasn't great. Yeah, wasn't great for you. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give it a slightly higher nine out of five. Well, obviously not great for you either. Um, <laughs> well, no, no, I meant nine hundred. So <laughs> no, I enjoyed the Usos. Um, I don't like seeing Shane McMahon um, in a, in in anywhere near a wrestling ring. Um, I'm bored of it. I'm so bored of it. It's like watching. It's like every single wrestling show, we have to sit through your dad putting a CD on halfway through and um, making you listen to Hotel California for the umpteenth time. Does that oh. sound about right? My uh, my last note was was shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um. Oh. Um. Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso. Um. Obviously, the controversy. We did touch on that last time. We did expect um the Miz and Shane to take it. Um, yeah, we didn't. But, think, yeah, we did. Think so, but obviously, they're not giving a crap about that, are they? Really? Well, it appears that in this instance, um, Jay or Jimmy, whichever, whichever decided to, um, Jimmy. yep, Jimmy, um, decided to um, be responsible for his own actions, according to the um. 
WWE. So, yeah, let's not just punish him. Meanwhile, Titus O'Neil suspended for 30 days for sneezing near Vince McMahon, probably. <laughs> just amazes is, me. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Um, one of those weird ones. But he'd be okay enough if he did it again because he likes sliding under the ring. <laughs> oh, I can't even think about that without laughing a little bit. Um, it does make us all very joyous. Um, of course. Um, are we are we ready to move on to the next one after after that that fun? After all that fun, <laughs> yes, let's do that. Champion so. champion Bobby Lashley, um, Leo Rush, um, handicap match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship against the extraordinary. Um, the the tiny Irishman who can do extraordinary things is that what they're calling him now? Finn Balor, <laughs> the tiny Irishman that can do extraordinary things. He's, yeah, he's an yeah. extraordinary man who can do extraordinary things. Oh, fair play! Um, and he managed to do those extraordinary things in nine minutes and thirty seconds. Thoughts on yeah. this man? Oh, they copped out on this one, didn't they? They went the easy route. I think. How so? Well, obviously your prediction was exactly what happened, and so yeah. is everybody else's. But the, what I predicted, I think, would have be been better booking, having him chase the IC title till WrestleMania, demon squash match, give the rest of WrestleMania card more time. It would have worked that way, I think. Maybe. Um, however, I think it. I think from my perspective, who really gives a shit about Bobby Lashley? in 2019 enough to sit through a match well, of his at WrestleMania as an impact he, he was great like I don't know what's going on in WWE um, well you say I mean an impact he was great but I mean could it just be a case of big fish small pond I mean my my, I always go back to the idea of if you take if you take him you know at face value like compare Brock Lesnar 2002 to Brock Lesnar now right so kind of similar build overall in general his repertoire has changed in order to reflect his his uh, his age and similar you compare if i if i took a match from 2004 or 2006 bobby lashley and compared it to a match now what would have changed in his actual style the way he executes what would he have improved on well he's much more cleaner let's face it um, he, he obviously uses more MMA in his in his tactics now and the way he wrestles. Yeah. Well, that's um, mostly an MMA fighter. Um, yeah, but he's still dog shit at he, it. The, no, the way he actually executes his moves is more brutal than it was before. It's more believable than back in two thousand four. Um, possibly, but he still he still needs a hype man. Um, I mean, the reason that he's cleaner is because Leo rushes. Leo rushes giving him a sponge bath before every match, obviously. But we're not talking about the um, New Japan Pro Wrestling dojos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wanted to put that image into everyone's head, um, just because I'm, I'm I'm a bit, you know, I'm a bit mean like that. It kind no, of uses me. Lashley can do a promo and for some reason that's not coming across in WWE. He can do a perfect promo. You can sell a um, match. Didn't need Leo yet, Rush. I'm yet to see evidence of this, if I'm utterly honest. Um, I'm yet to see evidence that he's offering any value at all at the moment. I really... So that's what's frustrating. 
Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Um, Finn Balor, obviously, um, I'm loving his current push. Um, in general, Leo Rush, that guy is so satisfying to see him get his head kicked in. Um, he bumps like a champ. Oh, I'll, I'll come on to the yeah, he does bump like a champ, and there was something on Raw that was really good, but um, um here. Well, I mean, we could always we could always just transition onto that now if it's not gonna if it's not gonna impede on our timing. Um, unless you wanted to go through sequentially. No, that's fine. I mean, in Raw, he, he took a um, slingshot dropkick, and the way he threw back into the turnbuckle to roll into the um, coup de gras was perfect. But, um, yeah, Leo Rush's okay. timing is, is ridiculous. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm a big fan. But he's got so much heat for his cocky attitude, apparently, backstage. So, see where that goes. Well. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, but uh, that can be anything from a Shawn Michaels to an Enzo Amore, can't it? Given the given the correct environment and the right amount yeah, of time. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, maybe just get five for being a complete arsehole. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it could it could go either way because I mean, complete arseholes have have ended up as Hall of Famers um, on numerous occasions, and there may be some going in this year. We don't know um, yet. But obviously, at the end of the match, Leo Rush getting pink. He's probably looking strong. So there's that. Um, it does. It then, still also makes him look very stupid. Yeah. Like, but in general. Um, and it makes him look emotionally weak to have Leo Rush giving him orders as well. Um, at one point, he's pretty much stops Bobby Lashley from finishing the match in order to say, I, I want him. Um, and Leo Rush then gets head kicked in while Bobby Lashley looks on helplessly. Um, that to me, I mean, considering that Renee Young stood directly next to them in an interview before this and told us exactly, was it Renee Young? Um, I can't remember who's doing interviews now backstage, but told us exactly what to expect from this match as well, saying, what if Finn Balor gets you in a corner, Leo Rush, and you end up being pinned in order to lose the Intercontinental Championship for Bobby Lashley? And that happened. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Bobby Lashley came across as a bit of a weak person emotionally. Um, he comes across as genuinely a strong-ish kind of powerlifter guy, but I don't rate him at all in the ring. I'm just there's a I'm bored every time I'm looking at him. Who are you bored of looking at? Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, at the moment that's fair enough because he's not really delivering. But um, I do, I do reckon he's still got a lot more to give. It's just not happening right now, I mean, I'm unsure why. Because he's definitely got the potential to be in the main event scene, in my opinion. It's just not coming across at all. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, in general, quite happy to see Finn Balor with another title on. I'm really enjoying Finn Balor's current current push. I would like to see them continue with this push and have him slowly climb a mountain of extraordinary feats from doing that one thing. To... I see what he did there. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see him slowly climb that mountain. Of extraordinary feats. Yeah, I'd like to see him continue to get a collection behind him of these different things um, and obviously obviously, make, uh, get to the point where there is some, some, kind of, some kind of conflict that nobody thinks he can possibly beat and then have it either destroy him or make him. That, to me, would be ideal. 
Yeah, I still think being the demon all the time is the way forward at some point. As um, I hear. Having a conflict with the demon that kind of large, like a larger than life kind of conflict with the demon that plays itself across um, that or possibly even two brands would be ideal um, or possibly across the entire area maybe disappearing and becoming a multi-brand a multi-brand kind of demon for a while and then WWE um, will book Finn Balor versus the demon at Wrestlemania <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the demon will be a, like a second Doink the Clown situation <laughs> who do you think of play who do you think of play um, second Doink Finn Balor. Devlin. <laughs> yeah, actually, that was a stupid question. Moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. I'm going to give this some stars. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> cool. Um, right, I'm going to start the next match by saying the following. Poor Ruby Riot. Oh yeah, definitely Paul Ruby Wright. She sold everything like a fucking legend. She really did. She really did. Yeah. Um I one minute forty, singles match for WWE Raw Women's Championship, Ruby Riot um against champion Ronda Rousey. Um there wasn't long enough for Michael Cole to get their names mixed up. Sonya so, Blade. Yeah, yeah. She 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 had this Sonya Blade thing going off. Um what did you think to that outfit, that whole... Oh, it's because she's the voice, isn't she, for Sonya Blade in um, Mortal Kombat? Oh, yeah. I, I, I yeah. mean, I knew why it was. I mean, what do you think of it? Oh, I didn't care much for it. I didn't care much about it. Yeah. So, um... I was like, oh, look, Sonya Blade enters the ring. Judo throws. Piper's pit. Armbar. Ruby sounds like a pro. Yeah. Let me go, um... then, my next... I'm hoping we get something from. Um, I'm hoping we get in like um, Ruby Riot get something in return for that because that is one hell of a sell job. I mean, she got a, a longer match on Raw. Yeah, this... and it was a really good match actually. To be who was who was that with? Uh, Ruby Riot versus Ronda Rousey. She got oh, a longer okay. match with her. Really, really good. Obviously, the outcome was the same, but yeah, she she really put in a good match. Yeah, kind of. Uh, well, I mean, it was obviously window dressing for um, a larger issue with um, with Charlotte Flair. Yeah, it was just uh, a segue, wasn't it? Just to go into the segment with Charlotte Flair and the man, Becky Lynch. What do you think to that whole section then? Um, I mean, obviously, Charlotte Flair is looking great at the moment. Um, she's really doing some, some good mic work. Uh, it's hard not to want to hit her with how smug she's being. Um, I'm assuming. <laughs> Charlotte Flair. Yeah, with a oh, with a crutch. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, no, you would want to. Um I mean certainly Yeah, in general she's she's looking smug enough that um you'd think she'd bought a fucking Tesla. So that's like I believe that's a smug smugness rating of kind of nine out of ten. Oh no, she's she's definitely on the melt scale for smugness right now. Yeah. Well I mean it's I on on smugness scale it, what, so you're reckoning it's you're reckoning so the smugness scale for you kind of Dave Meltzer kind of where where do you think he'd be in relation to um owning a Tesla? 
Oh, Dave Meltzer. Oh, he'll be hitting the stratosphere. Thousand <laughs> out of five. <laughs> yeah, he's a thousand out of five smugness. That is that is just one below the top level of smugness, which is um, sleeping with your children's hero while your wife stays at home as a touring wrestling guy and then making comments wow. about it on commentary. They're already getting divorced. They're in the process. I know, I know. I just really hate Corey Graves. <laughs> <laughs> Guy looks I like, like a nice gym. You like what? I like his commentary. It's good. I do like his commentary. I just, I just Maybe think he's making bad life decisions right now. But his commentary is really good. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. I mean, we could say that about Jerry Lawler in the past. So you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> he's a new Jerry Lawler with yeah. a Bobby Heenan twist. <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's fair. Well, at least if he if he goes back if he goes back on the source, it's a Bobby Heenan twist. <laughs> There's 45 million people here. <laughs> uh, speaking of 45, we're nearly 45 minutes into the podcast. Um, this conversation, and I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking that we may have slandered off that many people so far. We are really going at it tonight, aren't we? <laughs> the conversation we had before was, we just keep it light and we can get through it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well it seems it seems that we're actually when we're when we're transmitting ourselves halfway across the city we can actually be a bit more brutal um it seems to be seems to be the way that we're going so i'm quite happy with it um what did you think to the section with run around oh go on yeah so it, i thought it was quite good it was pretty it's pretty awesome to be fair Smashing everyone up with them. Frutches is putting her, her over even more, and obviously it's going to be a triple threat. It's it's obviously going to be going that way, but it was already before. It's just certain it's going to happen now. Yeah, Ronda Rousey um, really, really took a good whack on the forehead pretty, pretty damn early in that tirade. Um, and obviously... Kind of... Yeah, hard way. Yeah, no, just blood, getting fucked up. I especially liked, I especially liked the several minutes of Charlotte Flair um, on the outside of the ring, getting smacked with crutches while shouting "fuck" as loud as she could. Um, it really kind of lent a bit of credence to the entire thing. No, no, awesome segment. Really put over Becky Lynch. Not like she needs putting over. <laughs> uh, um, and it's just for the setup, isn't it? Yeah, to I mean, make sure. That the main event of WrestleMania is going to be those three. Of course, after something like that, everybody needs a piss. So, um, Baron Corbin's music hit before they'd even come back through the curtain, before they'd even bothered to send out EMTs to check on them. Baron Corbin wandered down the ring, and we did not see Ronda Rousey even exit the building. Um, the segment clearly went over. Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> under the impression that. Um, I'm under the impression. Uh, do you reckon that's kind of a kayfabe thing? Uh, like, like, for instance, they wanted to make it look a bit more like they weren't planning on Becky Lynch being there, and that they were just going to have a smile and point at the sign off, and then Becky Lynch comes in and, like, you know, almost like it wasn't planned or, or no, scheduled. I, I don't know. I mean, it kind of happened on Raw as well. Uh, Braun Strowman was going to the back after the table match, and then Paul Heyman came out whilst he was going to the back. Um, yeah, I mean, just trying to step a little little thing with them, um, but other than that, they did the same thing on Raw. Like if something goes over now, they just send people out now. Fair I play. Think that's what's happening. 
Well, maybe that's maybe the idea is to stop people necessarily dominating the time. Um, I mean, TV is fucking expensive. Oh yeah, definitely. Like people going over time, obviously they're getting annoyed with it. I think it's come after the Royal Rumble, um, <laughs> the Women's Royal Rumble, where it took like what sixteen million years. Yeah, it's a lot of time to get through that Rumble. It was absolutely ridiculous, but uh, yeah, the outcome was obviously, obviously the outcome they wanted. But yeah, Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman. Um, <coughs> yeah, so you. what was your call for this? I mean, you you called Braun Strowman to win. Um, I didn't actually make a call. Now I think back to it. Um, we were both on Strowman. We were both on Strowman. Of course, um, we, f- we, 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 didn't didn't... In, we didn't factor in Drew and um, Lashley, did we? No, I mean, one thing I will say, everybody always says, oh, it's bullshit. Um, like, I've I've heard a few, I've kind of listened to other people's opinions as I've gone through it, and absolutely everybody has said exactly that. I didn't factor in that it was an ODQ and that, you know, those two guys existed. And it's like, well, if it did actually surprise you, and then you're sat there saying to me, oh, it's the same old, same old finish, then what do you want? Stop watching Braun versus Baron Corbin. Yeah, they That's are kind of... They are kind of playing that. A They're bit both much. doing nothing. They're both being chucked into matches together all the time. They were like, "We're going to have no two same matches every week," and it's just them two all the time. Yeah, how do you solve the problem of Baron Corbin? Oh, just sack him. Um, I think you're. Um, I think that's a little bit too quick. Um, my thoughts on Baron Corbin. So, his storyline over the six years that he's been with the with the company is that he started off as the lone wolf. And then he was given a taste of power and realized that being the lone wolf was not getting him anywhere and didn't get him anywhere in a very long time. And now we've kind of reached the zenith of that moment with him stood on the chairs, surrounded by his two buddies. uh, Sorry, stood on the stairs, surrounded by his two buddies, having felled a fucking giant. Now, it would have been great to have seen them make more of that lone wolf angle in order to bring this about if they'd have given him a string of opponents who perhaps worked within a worked within a stable or something like that, um, so that he was always getting bested as a face with by people like this, um, with this stable, um, with this kind of stable mentality, um, them always beating him. Then give him that position of power and have him turn. That's how you tell that story long term if you were doing it correctly. Um, what they seem to have done is just, oh, well, we've got nothing to do with Baron Corbin. Let's shave his head and make him commissioner. And now this is kind of the the offshoot of that. Would you would you agree with that kind of sentiment? It is the offshoot of that. I mean, I, I was actually quite a big Baron Corbin fan back in NXT. Um, I I obviously thought he was on the cusp of something great, got caught up too soon, and just got eaten up by the main roster. How I would solve this would be to join the shake-up, move him over to SmackDown. I would have him, but not move Lashley, not move, um, not move, oh, I forget his name. Drew Galloway, thank you. Yes, Drew McIntyre Galloway, um, whatever he's going by. McIntyre Galloway. McIntyre Galloway. Yeah, that guy not move those two guys have him enter the smackdown locker room and nobody want to know him have him continuously attacked have it continue on for months have him enter feud after feud where people just go after him until there is no possible way that you can't start having an inkling of hope 
when he enters that he is finally going to beat somebody. Ideally, somebody like, say, Ajinda Mahal with a title that he doesn't deserve. Not necessarily the top title, but maybe a middling strap. Get him to win. Get him to win that. And then have him seek out somebody else to be part of his posse and slowly build a long-term stable that he can then become the faction captain of. That's how I would. The lone wolf. (laughs) Well, yeah, just the lone wolves. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, well no no, no um, I mean that the story should be that the guy's no, lone I mean, wolf no. realizes it shouldn't it, it's not going anywhere and then and then it's starts relying on people. Finished up there, Rich. To be fair. The meeting go over, he can beat R Truth the US title. He can grab the a Ty Dillinger, give him some airtime. Uh he could grab Hmm. You could even put Shinsuke and Rusev in there. They're not doing anything at the moment. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, you kind of maybe Shinsuke, but you could do that. I imagine WWE doesn't matter. Doesn't really care about shitting on Shinsuke. So, well, Shinsuke doesn't seem to care if they shit on Shinsuke. <laughs> yeah, true. He should though. Yeah, he should. But I think he's just there to cash a check and go back to Japan in a few years' time. What, heal up his body, go back and do some more strong style? Maybe not go back doing strong style, um, but maybe refine his style a, a, a bit longer and um, and kind of then take the, um, the, the kind of fusion of strong style and American style back to Japan. At that time, I'm pretty sure the market would like it. New Japan Pro Wrestling, you would probably fit in quite well at the moment, seeing how how soft it's got. Apart from like Ishii and Suzuki, are just still going at it, kicking each other's heads in. That's the best thing about. Yeah, those guys are fucking legendary. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts on that? Thoughts on that? Great match, loved it. Awesome. Just should do it again. Yeah. <laughs> how about every single every single oh, they week did. Oh, they did. on Raw they had a tables match oh my god it, <laughs> seems, it seems that they seem to have this um, this mentality with Braun Strowman that they can just put him in a feud and just leave him there for years um, I mean it happened with happened with Roman Reigns yeah. um, it happened with Roman Reigns again and um, Roman Reigns and yeah Brock he did that for all yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, that was a bit of a variance, wasn't that was it? One. That was another one, wasn't it? <laughs> Moving on, we've got Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship. Um, 36 minutes, 40 seconds. AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton and Samoa Joe against reigning champion Daniel Brian, um, oh, where to begin with this match? Go on, Jay. Oh, where to begin with this match? Well, it started with the um, go on the match, didn't it? So to choose where everyone would be in the chamber, where they would start, and Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan were the first two out that got the match. They started in the ring, cracks on a heel hook, transitions into many submissions, shows you why he's a submission machine. It was a very strong start to the match, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, in general, um, you had Samoa Joe um, 
So, yeah, Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan kind of start the match off. Um, looked very, very, very good. Um, second, uh, sorry, third into the match was um, Kofi Kingston, of course. Um, which, again, Kofi Kingston's... Sorry, say again. He came in hot, didn't he? He started beating everybody down. Yeah, I mean, Kofi Kingston is really surprising me overall um, with everything. Well, I'd like to say surprising. No, Kofi Kingston is showing the world what he can do. Um, and, yeah, he goes through this match at an incredible speed. Um, he has oh, just an amazing chemistry with all of these performers. Um, this continues on, um, and Randy Orton comes in. Sorry, AJ Styles comes in at number four. Yeah, AJ Styles comes in. Randy Orton's last, isn't he? Yeah, of yeah. course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so AJ Styles comes in after that, um, which will be about the um, which will be about the ten minute mark, of course. Um, we missed a few bits, I think, before that. Yeah, go for it. Go for, go through your notes, man. You've got the notes. I'm just going by Wikipedia. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Bryan climbed on top of the pod to avoid Joe. Kofi sprang to the top. Um, there was this bit where they climbed onto the um, chamber, started throwing kicks at each other. Oh, Joe pulled yeah. down. Joe pulled down Daniel Bryan. Tried it with Kofi, kicked him off, and then Kofi jumped backwards into both of them. Great spot. Mm. Definitely, definitely. And then I put here this match is total non-stop action <laughs> AJ's out next <laughs> oh, dear me nice nice were you drinking as you were writing these notes no no I think it's over mate oh beautiful <laughs> so yeah um, AJ's next I believe yes yeah, so AJ comes out he's also in the smashing people to pieces and then, and then the way he was going at them um, was a very strong style, um, in my opinion. Obviously, he used his combination that he normally does, but that has always been a strong style. He developed that in TNA and took it to Japan. You know, where he does the punch, punch, back, backspin, yeah, and the kick. One. Yeah, yeah, that one. But that's always been a very strong style move. Um. Um. Yeah, no, it's um, he he wrestled a very kind of hard hitting style. It was quite clear that he was, um, he was aware of the environment and kind of is aware of WWE's current push for um slightly edgier content. So I would say um, which they are slowly working into their product piece by piece by the by the looks of it and kind of expanding or or testing the limits as to how far they can go. Um, and AJ clearly was um aware of that but only not skirting the line but certainly was just taking a quick glance at it every now and then with how hard hitting he was um ended up taking out um Samojo first um yeah phenomenal forearm yeah phenomenal forearm um really well executed but then everything that he does is well executed Samojo I'm pretty sure is now at the stage where he's cashing a paycheck and getting pinned I don't want to say that about Joe. I know I really you like Joe. I know you don't want to say that about Joe. You, the, it almost sounded—I don't know whether it's digital distortion—but you almost sounded like you had a you had a frog in your throat as you said that, a lump in your throat. Um, 
I don't want to say that about Joe, but not Joe, not Joe, not cash in the paycheck. No, <laughs> not um, Joe. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's kind of like he's accepted his position within the company, um, or he's he's older. He's older. He he's aware. Um, but he's aware that as well. Yeah, I mean they've got all of their they've got all of their great footage of Joe in um in NXT and obviously they've got some of the um, NWA back library as well um, that's got him on um, from TNA, haven't they? Actually, yeah, yeah, they do have some of that, but obviously that's not on the network because you've got to get the global network thing to watch that. Yeah, so I mean I can see I can see eventually, I can see eventually <laughs> by time he's got um. By the time he's entering the Hall of Fame, um, which he undoubtedly will, I can see that kind of being on the Super Wrestling Global Mega Network, um, or whatever they're calling it. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. I mean the AEW Network. Oh, the AEW Network, because everyone's going to AEW. Yeah, of course, of course. Just... I think that's a joke we've used a lot now. <laughs> well, um, get used to it because they are not even having a show until like October. And they're the second best company yeah, in the wrestling the world today. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly <laughs> according to Wade Keller. Yeah, because you know they've done stuff to to um, mm. have that moniker. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Anyway, um, I, I, Jeff Hardy out next. <laughs> you know, I, I, we're actually referencing a, a conversation that we had, although we're not necessarily letting the audience in on this. Um, yeah, Wade Keller of PW Torch. Um, recently claimed his top five um, wrestling organizations. He was asked in a question and answer, top five wrestling organizations, and they were as follows. Um, he he ranked WWE at number one, AEW at number two. I mean, that's just fucking ridiculous. Um, and then New Japan Pro exactly. Wrestling. Yeah, and then following it with Ring of Honor at the bottom, just under impact. AEW, a company that's just signed a few people, is the second best company yeah. in the world. Well, obvious. In America. Well, no, it's the world, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It includes New Japan. Absolutely batshit insane. Yeah, ludicrous statement to make. Absolutely <laughs> fucking ludicrous. The guy's, the guy's sometimes on the right level. Um, this was not one of those occasions. So Ridiculous. There was a... <laughs> Jeff Hardy enters um, the match um, at number five, um, which is quite interesting because I believe it's supposed to be blocks of five minutes, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed this when Jeff Hardy came out because there wasn't too many people in the ring, so they, they kind of sorted that kind of booking out for the for the men's one. Um. Yeah. yeah, it was quite nice. It was quite nice. Um, I will mention it's they're supposed to enter every five minutes, right? Um, is the is the first block ten minutes or? It would have seemed so. I would say it was. Um, actually, seemed, no, my ma- my maths is just off. He was eliminated at eighteen minutes um, into the match, so um, he was actually taking part in the match for roughly three and a half minutes. Well, you know, he came in, punched a few people in the face, did a swan bomb with Jeff Hardy, uh, whilst he was draped over the corner, which was um, AJ a Styles. That's what I meant. Carry on. <laughs> the Jeff Hardy swans up AJ Styles while she's on the corner, top of the corner. Daniel Bryan running knee him in the face. 
That's it. Yeah, so then Daniel Bryan running in the face. He was out straight away. Yeah. Um, I feel really sorry for that kid about 11 rows back, just to the left of the hard cam, um, who had a sign saying, um, I travelled, oh, what was it, 25 years, and I'm finally here to see Jeff Hardy. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed it. hope that was worth it for you. (laughs) Yeah, um, I I kind of like Jeff Hardy's position in the company at the moment. He, um, but I'd I'd like to see something happen in regards to his character. It seems like he's almost there as a mannequin with face paint on. If that makes sense, he's not really a character anymore. Yeah, I'm reading my notes, and it says German vertical suplex combo. Oh yeah, Who that was that? um that was um between Kofi Kingston um. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. Um, oh, yeah, off the corner. Yeah, that was a good spot, corner, wasn't it? That was an incredible spot. Yeah. Um, really looked good. Um, I really liked the, the back and forth that kind of led to led to that. I, I genu- genuinely yeah. rated that. And then what a surprise. Orton's out last. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, do you like it when they do this and kind of schedule somebody to... Kind of take a um, like get a scheduled spot. I find it kind of makes the match slightly predictable. Well, yeah, obviously doing the Gauntlet match, you know who's coming next. Yeah, but um, I mean the Gauntlet match yeah, was entertaining. What Orton did in that match really was the RKO on AJ Styles. That was a good RKO. Yeah, that yeah, of course. But I mean having him. Having somebody actually have a defined position in such a small... Like, there are only four variables to the Elimination Chamber match. So having somebody in number in as number four um, kind of takes away a lot of the element of surprise. And it kind of shows that the only... Usually it kind of puts them in the position where they're the only real X factor. Um, but in the case of Randy Orton, obviously in an Elimination Chamber match, it would mostly be meaningless. Yes. I mean, he's had six of the fuckers now, and he's never won one. I don't, I, I don't seem to remember him having done so. Uh, Randy Orton hasn't won an elimination chamber, has he? No, no. So he's never, he's never won one. He's had six of the fuckers. You know, him being a. Well, I was I happy when he got eliminated. So. Yeah, I'm tired of seeing him. He's he's so complacent. Um, I I would like to correct the other day where I said he hadn't had a relevant storyline. I completely forgotten the one that um. Bray Wyatt's character work carried him through before Bray Wyatt ended up just going off on the deep end with those stupid fucking projections into the ring. What are you in about? They're really good. What, the projections? <laughs> yeah, that's why they used them every week after that. Yeah, it's such a good thing to be doing right now. Stop uh, projections, WWE. Oh, I was talking about the projections into the ring um, for Bray Wyatt. No, oh, that level was sucked as well. So, yeah, yeah, just stop it. All, all just of this it. kind of stuff. Just, just show us an event. Point a camera at it. Uh, That's what we maybe, want. Maybe pay That's for some pyro. Maybe pay for some pyro instead of a oh, load of oh, hard. Any WrestleMania. Any WrestleMania gets pyro. Yeah, only WrestleMania <laughs> in Saudi Arabia. Sorry, I mean the country of Crown Jewel. Get it? <laughs> they pay for it. So. <laughs> Um, right then. So, Kofi Kingston, Blibbidi Blah. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes. 
So, yeah, we then had an elimination of 22 awesome. minutes. No, 22 minutes um, RKO to AJ Styles um, eliminating okay. him. Um, and then that was at 22 minutes and 25 seconds. At 20. Sorry, Sorry I was also thinking about maybe setting up AJ versus Orton at WrestleMania as a possibility. Yeah, that could work quite well. So Kofi Kingston um, then hits the Trouble in Paradise, um, mm-hmm. hits Randy Orton, um, and yep. takes out Randy Orton, pins him, one, two, three. Um, this is a reference to both, obviously, Randy Orton's kicking and screaming um, during his initial singles push. Um, oh yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one for the one for the smarts, as it were, and then of course you've also got um, the reference to him completing the circle or the cycle, as it were, within the um, gauntlet match, having pinned absolutely everybody who appeared in that gauntlet match, barring AJ Styles, obviously, who defeated him um, in the gauntlet match. Thoughts on that kind of loop for? Kofi Kingston kind of bringing him full circle before going face-to-face with Daniel Bryan? Yeah, so yeah, he's obviously beating everyone and all he's got to do now is beat Daniel Bryan. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case, was it? Um, but they did have a good five to ten minutes at each other. It was some quite exciting is that, stuff. Is that, is that what you actually... Is that the amount of time you actually think it was between those pins? It was... Yeah. Tw- it was 12 minutes and 35 seconds between pins. So he so got five, 12... ten, 10 minutes. I got my 10 minutes there. That's near 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well um, I mean, I've got Wikipedia in front of me, so it's not a I know more than you kind of situation. It's more just kind of a when you actually think, like Kofi Kingston two weeks ago, we wouldn't have expected to see him get, tw- get 12 minutes in a single match on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan. And there he is. Well, and he just did an over an hour in a gauntlet match. So Kofi Kingston is on fire at the moment, and he deserves his spot. Edge of my seat throughout. Um, in the next pay per view, which we will probably get too soon. Um, Edge of my seat throughout. No, yeah, no, it was definitely one of those matches. I haven't felt yeah. that. Or, I haven't felt as on the edge of my seat as I did that day um, since. As I say, when Triple H was, or as I have told you privately, um, when Triple H was facing John Cena and I was just sick of seeing Cena. Um, in fact, it was almost, i tell you what it reminded me of, RVD versus John Cena um, at Extreme Rules 2006. It was that feeling. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I reckon it would have been a better win. It would be better if Kofi Kingston took it there. To be fair, yeah. it would have given it a bigger feeling than what you're talking about. Um, oh yeah well I felt I felt it had a bigger feeling than that anyway just because the sheer size of the venue but no definitely I, I haven't felt as invested in a moment in WWE as I did that moment so that's to me that is a win uh, so what I've got here uh, starts from where um, Daniel Bryan reverses the Bulldog into the pod and then hits the running knee but Kofi kicks out which obviously is showing we'll call that fighting spirit for Kofi um and then we got multiple knees to the head, um, and then they transition the transition into the label lock was really good because he started off with an arm bar, and then pulled his arm round into the leg to transition into the cross face part of it. I thought that was really good um, of way of doing the label lock instead of just slap it on straight away. Um, yeah, definitely. All in all, 
fantastic match. Um, really well put together. No, no, no. It was from start to finish. It was um, definitely on your edge all the way through kind of match. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I wanted Kofi to take it. I mean, did I, but I knew Daniel Bryan was going to win. Where to from here for Kofi Kingston, do you think? Where to from here for Kofi Kingston? Well, it's already been planned out, hasn't it? It's already been set in stone. He's going to be Daniel Bryan's opponent for Fastlane. But from there, I still think they should be um, putting Daniel Bryan against Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania and giving Kofi Kingston finally that WWE championship and becoming the first African-American champion. That is something that needs to happen. Do you know what I would like to um, kind of speculate is probably going to happen? I mean, the crowd's behind Kofi and they've been on screen saying, we're listening to you fans, you're now the authority. We're going to listen to you. And if if they're going to listen to the fans, they need to put that title on Kofi. I'm going to tell you what Vince McMahon's going to allow to happen. Okay, this is my prediction. This is my WrestleMania prediction. Okay, Kofi Kingston is going to go head to head with Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Kofi Kingston is going to get kayfabe injured by Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Big E is going to take his spot at WrestleMania and win the title off Daniel Bryan. Oh, wow. Yep. Now I've told you that, (laughs) it feels almost inevitable, does it not? Wow. Well, purely speculation, isn't it? Um, I can see where you're going with that, but... I'm very, I'm very, very sorry that um, I've, I've disappointed you a little, but I think I have, haven't I? Because a little bit. Yeah, that that is almost too good for Vince McMahon to not allow to happen. I, I think I may have just caused depression um, for Jay. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> <laughs> one other thing, because I completely forgotten to mention this um, earlier. I, I, I neglected to mention it in the show. Lacey Evans. Did you she see that? She just turns up and walks off, didn't she? Yeah. Um, I, I liked it. I liked the idea of her treating the ramp like a catwalk. Um, I love that idea, actually. Um, however... If somebody's going to do that, um, and it's quite clear that's what she intended that to come across as, and that's what the back intended for it to come across as, not giving the commentators enough time to kind of react to that and realise that's what she was doing, kind of, you know, just going straight into a trail for the next match, which is what they did, kind of took the took the air out of that, which is a shame. Because it's going to take kind of three or four weeks for everyone to really cotton on to what she's doing if she's going to carry on doing it. Or that segment's just never going to make sense if they never do it again. Rumour innuendo says that she'll be facing Oscar at WrestleMania for the title. She's going for Oscar at WrestleMania for the title? Yeah, because with the tag team titles now being um, defended across all three brands for the women's tag team titles, they're going to slowly um, bring together the whole women's division. But no, they're not meant to be slowly um, bringing the women's division to one. So at one point, there'll be one women's title, one tag team title. That is that is really quite interesting. Um, Thanks, Rach. I would, I would like to see the women... Um, I would like to see the women on a show of their own. However... There's too much I will content say, to do that. Yeah, 
that's the problem and and you find that this is the reaction that many people will have or many people do have is that there is too much content to do that um now they don't mean there's too much women's content what they mean is if the women are separated from the main roster and from all the other rosters and then placed on their own show effectively no one will ever watch them because you'll have the same problem that you have with women of wrestling the same problem that you have with glow where people talk about a woman's revolution but they don't actually want it yeah yeah totally agree with their rich yeah i um it's just a shame that stephanie mcmahon didn't invent women's wrestling earlier isn't it really yeah no, it's a bit you part know, of so time it could be more ingrained yeah it could be more more ingrained in our culture if 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 she had bothered doing that but oh well um, yeah so that right overall overall the elimination chamber as a show as a whole as a piece of content um what were your thoughts uh even though i thought it was going to be a dismal dismal yeah. um event it was actually really good um it was yeah, a no. lot of going off um the, the it was one of the best um wwe uh, events for a few years um yeah go ahead and say just after Royal Rumble, I say it was really, really interesting um, to see some of the stuff come out of that, like Kofi Kingston for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, I I loved the actual length of the show. I thought the length of the show was was perfect. Um, I would like to see more shows that are that length um, rather than shows that are. I could Four, do five, quite. Yeah, I could quite happily do um, WrestleMania be that long with Takeover be two hours before it um, on the on the night before, and that that to me would be just enough content um, for a WrestleMania um, or a Royal Rumble. But obviously, they're never going to hear that. But how many times did you hear people say about the Royal Rumble? Oh, it's too long, or WrestleMania? Oh, it's too long. Um, this is a really good example of a good short pay per view. Yeah, every single match told a good story. Um, well, most of them told a good story. Most of them. Yeah, um, I think I think we disagree on um, the Lashley um, issue. I think we also m- um, may disagree on the Baron Corbin issue because I'm I genuinely and I feel that and Usos. Yeah, I mean, I like seeing the Usos. I thought they play. I I think they play legitimately threatening heels when they're when they're giving it a go. So yeah, really like them. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's much else to say. Really, I don't know. Um, in regards thought, to the... really, I guess. What you say? Speculation. Final thoughts. Um, I am looking forward to Elimination Chamber next year as a result of this one. And usually, Elimination Chamber to me spells one big, long, boring, badly put together clusterfuck, with the exception of the one that Bray Wyatt won. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed every single match on the card um, to some degree. Um, yeah, um, I ev- nearly every segment for that was money for me. I really enjoyed it. I mean, on the back of this, clearly we was going to get Kofi and Daniel Bryan. That's happening fast lane. Uh, the guy's super over, but they really do, I think, really need to pull the trigger on him. Um, yeah. They will be leaving money. They will be leaving money on the shelf if they didn't at this stage. Um, oh, I also wanted to say I'm loving the way that they've they've totally gone 
green with Daniel Bryan's ident, his signature before the match, everything. They've completely changed how his how his UI looks um, and every element on screen looks when he's around. Um, and I really like that effect. I like it when they do it with The Undertaker, I like it when they do it with Bray Wyatt, but I especially like him having his own title signature before his matches. Um, and I, I feel it will be a shame to see that go. Um, but I would rather have Kofi Kingston as the WWE champion going into WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, definitely my thoughts on that is the same. Um, other speculation I've got here, I can see Orton mania match will be Ali or Styles. Obviously, injured Ali, who could come back, face Styles or be Styles, because you know how sometimes they can set up a match with just pure looks in within the match. That's what happened with Styles and Orton. Um, obviously, the triple threat for the women's is going to happen. Uh, speculation of Oscar will she even get a match will it even be Avi, um, Lacey Evans or will she just sit on the sidelines as she has been for X amount of weeks doing nothing just having a title uh, I reckon it's going to be Uzo's versus Miz again at Wrestlemania um, Shane's going to turn heel that's going to, what's going to happen I I think that I think that the McMahons are arrogant enough in regards to Shane McMahon that they won't turn him heel I don't think Shane McMahon will ever turn heel. I think they will try and turn the Miz heel on the back of this. Because okay. I think that's how that's how that's how much their finger is off the pulse. That's how big their blind spot is when it comes to Shane McMahon. I don't know. They was going to pull the trigger on Shane before becoming heel, but then they, they turned Daniel Bryan heel instead after he was begging that with creative. Um, but what was that not just rumour in innuendo? It was rumour in innuendo. The, but was the plan always was the plan not always to turn Brian heel, just do it later? See, that's the thing, you never know in these situations. That it, could it, be the case. But it, it, I mean it it was Daniel Bryan and Shane going at it, to be fair, and then the yeah. storyline just got cut. But um, and I'm also seeing um, at WrestleMania it's going to be a ladder match for the Cruiserweight Championship. That would be the ladder match. That would be perfect. I would love to see a ladder match um, in a Cruiserweight in a Cruiserweight context. It'll be really interesting to see. Probably up on the pre-show, but see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if it does end up on the pre-show, who really cares? It's it should should be damn good. I I think that it. Would probably be better than um, be better than some of the pre-show stuff that we've had at WrestleMania before. Um, wait, are we talking Fastlane or WrestleMania now? No, no, no. I, I think it'll be WrestleMania. Uh, Whether it's Fastlane, the Cruiserweight ladder match will definitely be a WrestleMania. Um, well, they ha- they have to make time for the 700 um, battle royals that they've got. They've got one for women, one for men, one for um, one for dogs, one for cats, um, one for tigers. Giraffes, yeah, definitely giraffes. Yeah, yeah, giraffes. Giraffes will get involved. So yeah, once they have the definitely not fabulous Moolah battle royal and the um, is Andre the Giant still cool with everyone battle royal. Um, then after that, <laughs> um, I don't think that they would necessarily want to do a ladder match. Also, where would you hang it? Isn't it in an open-air arena? Yeah, they did this before. They had a crane, didn't they? And they just sort of hovered oh, it over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah WrestleMania is stupid. 
<laughs> like, it's just an absurd just get, rid of, it. Just get rid of the whole thing <laughs> yeah 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 just have um, just have a year full of Survivor Series because that's the best pay-per-view of the year why wouldn't you want to do that well exactly exactly everybody loves everybody loves them dragging the oldies out for um, for, for four on four action you know it's Raw versus Smackdown for the rest of your time Great, great TV. Great TV. That was our conversation about Elimination Chamber. We will be back with episode six very, very shortly, in which we discuss the fallout from the rest of the week. Um, As of next week, we will be looking at improving our methodology our prediction um, so you should start seeing more common episodes uh, more frequent episodes and overall we should start keeping up with everything so thank you all for listening during this time where we're kind of working out exactly how to produce this stuff um, we've now got a good solution so as of next week we're hoping to really start and ramp up in time for Wrestlemania season Thank you for listening to JFAPE. I've been Rich and he has been Jay.